Thank you for joining us on the RP Experience. I'm your host, Andrew Aguinard. Today, we have Juan Rizzo with Durabilis Roofing. So, um, excited to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, a little bit about Juan. Juan is with Durabilis Roofing, LLC. Juan is the owner and operator of Durabilis Roofing and operates here in the Southwest Florida region. They take pride in his work and a regard for excellence. Uh, Durabilis is family owned and is a mil- uh, millennial ran business who takes pride in serving the needs of their customer. Uh, at Durabilis, it's not about the bottom line. It's about providing an unmatched service and experience for that customer. So um, we are pumped to have you on here. Um, you came uh, recommended uh, from other top producing agents uh, here in the area and you've been servicing them. Um, so we're, we're excited to dive into your business and learn a little bit more about it. Thank you. So Juan, um, that was a lot of great information about your business, but, but who's Juan? Tell me about yourself. So I am 33 years old, born and raised in Miami, Florida. I moved to Southwest Florida when I was 20. Um, recession kind of brought us here, family owned business, and we had to start over. Um, my parents are uh, Cuban refugee, Honduran immigrant, um, so we had humble beginnings. But I've been working hard since I was a kid, instilled in me from my dad. Kudos to him, all the credit goes to him. Um, my mom as well, you know, taught us the basics, fundamentals mm-hmm. of life. You mm-hmm. know. Um, once I moved to Southwest Florida, I wanted to change, I wanted to do something with myself. I didn't see that opportunity on the East coast. Mm -hmm. So when I moved here, I saw when I started visiting Southwest Florida, I saw how undeveloped it was. This is 12 years ago. So (laughs) it's changed in the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, I saw something here and then I came, uh, we all moved here actually. And, um, I, I, uh, succeeded in retail management for some time and, um, I got offered an opportunity to start in roofing, um, actually as a helper, but I started, you know, basically at the bottom and I was able to uh, uh, attain uh, multiple managing positions in some of the bigger companies. And I always had a passion for doing something for myself because my dad has been an entrepreneur ever since he came to this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess just seeing him doing that, um, you know, is unconsciously rubbed off on me. Correct. Um, and while although... You know, everyone pursues money. I was mm-hmm. just in pursuit of something, a legacy or something like that. Yeah. So uh, roofing was the perfect opportunity because at the time um, there was not a lot of millennials or, or bilingual people. At, you know, this is what, eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was a perfect timing for me uh, when I came in um, and being able to use technologies, you know, softwares and stuff like that, which was, n- you know, not a norm for the industry. Um, and then six months before Irma hit, I decided to get my Collier County roofing license and I started in Collier County. It's a good timing. Perfect timing. I mean, you put a word on <laughs> word in with the man upstairs there, huh? Thank God. Yeah. Man, it's all him. So for me, uh, started here in Naples. So you started it literally six months before Irma. Six months before Irma. And then, uh, that's amazing. When they announced Irma came, it was scary because you don't know what's going to happen but then you see the opportunity you can't help but to get excited Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um so when with this last hurricane too uh, i was talking to a lot of business owners and you know the the thing is you know they're like oh well 
am I taking advantage of these people? Different things like that. It's like, no, this is your time that they need the most help. Mm -hmm. This is when they need your expertise, right? This is the time. This is how your business operates, right? And mm -hmm. so um, they needed roofers at that point. Otherwise, people are not going to have a roof over their head, literally. Mm -hmm. And it's important, and important, too, that we're from the area. Mm -hmm. We're locals. So that plays a big factor because one, one of the biggest issues I saw with Irma was after Irma passed, a lot of folks, homeowners who had new roofs um, installed, <clears throat> come rainy season had all these leaks and when they called these companies they found out that they had a one-year warranty and the company was from another state so you know just to put it in perspective an average roof repair is anywhere between a thousand to two thousand dollars on a shingle roof so if you are within the first five years of having your roof experiencing this what can you expect for the next 10 mm -hmm. you know so it's crucial for homeowners to make sure that it is a local and some irreparable right that are going to insure your house for an extended period of time or excuse me roof for extended period of time absolutely um and just questioning on who you're dealing with when it comes down to when you're selecting your contractor a lot of times you're being uh taking uh a customer service representative is taking care of you whether that's a salesperson a project manager something along the lines but what happens is is that there's a uh a lack of knowledge with no disrespect to the guys in the field, but you got to take into effect an account that for you to get a roofing uh, state contracting license, you got to study over 13 books. All right. So while you don't have to memorize these books, it's so still yeah. 13 books. That's a lot know? of knowledge. Yeah. So we do pass on knowledge to our guys, but you know, it is a very uh, chaotic, you know, industry. industry. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces and as a homeowner it's important for them to know that whoever is selling them this roof is competent on how this roof is installed, you know, knows their crews by name, mm -hmm. you know, because if that's not happening, then you're not dealing with a company that has a team. Right. You know, tell us about your team. Uh, tell us the size of your business and different things like that. So right now we have 12, uh, employees, uh, uh, 10 of them being, you know, roofing guys. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one driver that basically maneuvers the business for us as far as supplies. I have a great group. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I saw in the industry, especially with Irma, was that um, it was like a gold rush in the industry. Everyone wanted to do roofing, and then you had a lot of northerners coming down to do roofing, but Florida roofing is 100% different from any other state. It's the strictest state to work in, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Um workers comp laws just the regulation you know just take into effect that whatever florida standards are it's a nation it's a uh, nationwide yeah, yeah. national standard so and it's because of the high wind events that we have such as hurricanes sure. um so got all the disasters in regards to roof <laughs> you got all the disasters so one of the biggest things i saw coming from a corporate background is training so with my guys i started slow with very little guys, very few guys, and then training them and then growing from there um, because I knew that it would give a better quality, a better product, finished product to the homeowner. They would have a better experience because they would see that the group is tight-knit. Now, we're not perfect, but we do our best to give the customer the great experience. And what does a great experience entail? It entails that if – something does go wrong with the job that is going to be taken care of and not 
ignored or passed the buck, trying to avoid a loss. But mm-hmm. we have, from the beginning, um, when I got my first taste of the industry, I knew that I had to have some fundamentals to stick by. For sure. And I learned this from, you know, uh, another podcaster that he does a lot of business. Uh, Who is it? Advice, Patrick Beth David. Okay. Uh, Valuetainment. Mm-hmm. I have to look him up. Um, I love listening to podcasts every morning. So, dude, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, he 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 actually had a video and he was talking about how you have to have non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. So, when I st- along that and reading a book called Traction that mm-hmm. it said you have to have some non-negotiables, some fundamental uh, uh, fundamental principles. Right. So, mine's are safety, integrity, and quality. So, with my guys, they know that if you're in doubt of what to do. Those are the three. Yeah. You know? If it's not safe, don't try it. Mm-hmm. You know, if <laughs> right. it's not quality, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not right, don't try it either. You know, right. don't, don't yeah. figure it out and do it the correct way or yeah. make the phone call, you mm-hmm. know, make the phone call to me. And you know, with my guys, what I do is I've learned to take the pressure off of them because the main reason why a lot of the labor staff, the the laborers that are out here doing these hard jobs, you know, you take it to effect that if you damage someone's property or something happens, it's thousands of dollars at a time. So when these guys are looking at it, they're looking at it as, well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to lose my paycheck this week. Right. And I've uh, built that trust with my guys to where it's like, look, just tell me because mm-hmm. we take care of it. Might be a significant amount of money to you. We're not going to charge you that. That's the cost of doing business, mm-hmm. but it salvages that relationship with the customer. Correct. You know, and then it's word of mouth, which our business is mainly built off word of mouth. Yeah. Um, since we started out here in Naples and then branched out once I got my state license. So it's very important for me to protect my reputation. reputation yeah. And with those fundamentals, that's the way to do it. That's powerful. I mean, that's the only thing at the end of the day, you know, you can't, you can't buy, right? You can't buy your reputation. Right, that's what people other other people talk about your service, right? Your integrity, all that kind of stuff. Um, you have something uh, unique as well, a, a patent, right? Uh, let's talk about that. So when I got in the industry, um, <clears throat> prior to Irma, there was very little roof replacements. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Southwest Florida is familiar with this or not, because mm-hmm. we've been doing roof replacements for the last five years, and now with Ian, which is expected another five years of work. So before it was a lot of repair work. So the first company that I worked for um, stayed busy all year round just repairing roofs. Right. You would do a repair on the roof two and three times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept getting leak calls on tile roofs on these uh, off-ridge vents, which helped ventilate the attic. And these were not cheap repairs. An average home has, you know, anywhere from four to six, depending on the size. And I noticed that it was ponding water in the back. So... Granted, these are some of the things that I saw in the industry coming in that it was the same thing being done over and over again because it was the standard. So when I was looking at this vent that was built in 1956, the design, and over and over and over again is failing, I was, I, at the time, I had a business partner and I told him, this is a problem. Right. This, it's simple design. I yeah. changed the design and I went to a manufacturer and, um, he said, do you have a patent on this? I said, I don't. He said, you should get, go get one. So I left there, hired a patent attorney here in Naples, Livingston Law Firm. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, they helped me with the whole per- permit process. It was a, a, a 
time I would say lengthy process because right. it took over two years just to get the paperwork. Right. But the 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 most rewarding experience for me was testing this product because you have to have it tested before it's on the market. It's not on the market yet, but I've already went through all the testing. Nice. And for me, when I got into there and I was in the chambers where they test, you know, the hurricane products, it was at uh, Intertech, which is an international testing company. Mm-hmm. You're in there with engineers and all this stuff. It gave me another perspective on why they have the the uh, regulations that they have in place. Those because they do, yeah. they do work. Yeah. You know, um, our, our vent was tested six times on the sixth time. It failed um, at category uh, five. Um, wins. They tested it five, um, six straight times at category five wins to maximum to get it to fail. Essentially, mm-hmm. they want to see how much they can put into this. So, seeing that also gave me a different perspective when Ian was coming, mm-hmm. because I sat in the chamber and heard what it. The chamber is essentially like a small hurricane. Um, like, well, you're in a. It's a box that mimics like a roof attic. Mm. So then our vent was on top, and then there's like an air boat motor with a forklift mm-hmm. just pushing, you know, went into this uh, vent to try to get rain into it because there's an allo- a certain allowance of rain that's allowed. Um, so sitting in there, you c- you couldn't talk and hear the person next to you. <laughs> and it was just, yeah. well, Tense. put it into perspective, 40 yards from there, was a th- uh, they were testing a Carnival Cruise Line uh, emergency exit door, which weighs like 3,000 pounds. And from over 40 yards away, it was able to b- push the door open. It wasn't locked, but it pushed the door open, the winds from this test. Damn. So, yeah, it was very impressive to see that. It yeah. Never underestimate a Cat 4 or 5. No. I mean, <clears throat> Hurricane Ian was, was insane, but there were so many people that even said, I've lived down here all my life, X, Y, and Z. I always said, if you're going to leave during a hurricane, you know, you don't belong in Florida. I mean, there's so many people that used to say that. And after hurricane, I saw, I heard those same people saying, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, you can leave and I might even leave. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like after you experience something like Ian, like that, like, I mean, your perspective changes, right. Or, you know, big, tough, tough, whatever, you know, guys and gals. And then after that, you're like, okay, that was humbling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's no joke. Um, you know, a lot of people unfortunately died. A lot of people had damage, but things like that. So it's insane. Um, talk about your mindset when starting your company, right? Uh, talk about some fundamentals of what, you know, you, you talked about already your, your non-negotiables, right? Um, but you have a desire to maintain a service level, right? Um, how do you instill that into the business and into your employees? Mm, I would say it's just, it's, it sounds cliche, but in reality, it's just leading by example. Um, so my guys see me doing it every single day, whether it's a good day or it's a bad day, whether, you know, the storm hits or not, whether we're busy or slow, um, whether we're losing money on the job or not, that's where, that's where it starts. Because if they see you, taking the right actions, then they're going to unconsciously mimic that. Um, So for me, anytime I want to instill something in the team, I start doing it first. You know, so before I say, hey, you know, like my main guy, his name is Orlando. He's my foreman. He's been with me two years and excellent at what he does. Um, Before I give him a task or send him anywhere, 
I do it first. Because in order for me to send him to do something, I can't give him advice on how to do it if I've never experienced it. So it's important for me to be there with them when it's a challenging situation or it's a complicated situation or if things went bad because then they see me, how I handle the situation, and it kind of leaves uh, precedence for them to mimic that same uh, behavior. Yeah. I mean, you have to lead by example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I do want to ask, uh, when we talk about Hurricane Ian, insurance, all that kind of stuff that's that's changing, evolving on a daily, how is that impacting the decision when someone is e- able to do a roof repair versus a new roof? In, in layman's term, I know that's a loaded question that you could go really in depth, but kind of in the layman's term, so you know, we can understand, um, how do you know? And, and what are some guidelines in regards to a repair versus a, you know, a new roof? That's a great question. So if you are a homeowner with a shingle roof, my recommendation is to take into effect, uh, I mean, take into account that, you know, they changed the litigation from 20 years to 15 years, I believe is on shingle roofs. So if you have a 12, 13, 10 year old roof, and it's going to require all these repairs. Um, and let's say hypothetically you're not covered for a roof replacement. My suggestion would be to start budgeting towards a metal roof just for if you're allowed to in your communities. But if you're allowed to, I suggest taking advantage of this because you take a huge burden off your back. I mean, metal roofs did significantly better than shingle roofs and tile roofs throughout the area. It was proven. I mean... We did metal roofs. Like night and day, right? I mean, it was not a scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it is important to understand that as a homeowner because these hurricanes are going to keep coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many have we had in the last decade? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you see with – and then, yes, you have homeowners say, "Ah, I'll just do the shingle roof. The insurance company would pay for it. Well, a lot of them are going insolvent now. So that's not a good plan of recourse either. So the best thing to do would – I would say if you have a shingle roof is to consider the timing. If it's a newer one, you have some time. And if you have the uh, option and the funds to invest in a metal roof, do it. It's okay. the last time you'll put a roof maintenance free, no yeah. issues. And, you know, that's the best way to go about it. All right. So now I'm, I'm going to upgrade shingle to metal. I'm looking at roofers, obviously. You're certified, right? Can use you. But... To the general mass, what certificates slash verification can someone do to make sure their potential roofer is qualified uh, to perform? I mean, you've said, obviously, hire local, which we we agree. You know, um, you talked about warranties a little bit, but what are the three big things that someone should do um, in regards to, in a sense, vetting their potential roofer? So... Certifications are good, but then going back to what we spoke earlier, that it doesn't get passed down to the team. So a lot of times a foreman or a project manager will get certified or an owner, but it stops there. The best thing if you're a homeowner is, especially if you're going with metal, shingle is basic. Everyone should know how to do shingle at this point. Metal, you have to know what you're doing. So if I'm a homeowner and I'm shopping around contractors, Ask them for five addresses. Show me your last five metal roofs. Perfect. Yeah. There's no better certification than that. Mm-hmm. And if you 
And if you could put icing on the cake and have the five houses that you're going to send them have the owners vouch for you, Boom. you don't need a certification. Yeah. <laughs> the proof is there. And with metal, it's very <laughs> proof important. Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> proof is in the pudding. So yeah. it is it is very important to to ask for that proof for any homeowner. You know, a lot of insurance company asks you or requests you to get three proofs of, you know, three uh, estimates. So as a homeowner, ask for five addresses in your local area. That also will tell you if they're a local company or not. Because if you're a local company and you can't get five addresses, something's you're off. You're not that local, probably. You're not that <laughs> local. Huh? So um, it's important to ask for this proof. And that will eliminate 90% of your problems Yeah. as a homeowner. I'm not a homeowner yet, let's say. And I'm about, I'm, I'm going around um, and either I'm very observant to the roof or let's say the realtors that are listening are very observant to the roof. What are a couple things that can stand out or be a huge factor when purchasing a home that they need to look for. Um, obviously they should get a professional and, you know, and obviously an inspection is part of the due diligence and whatnot, but I'm talking like the kind of those pre questions, you know, or those, those things to look out for prior, uh, to, you know, submitting an offer or something like that. Uh, some of the, basic questions that can be asked that are going to narrow down your decision-making is ask how old the roof is. You know, that's the first the thing. Age, yeah. Age of the roof. You know, if it's 14 years old and the shingle, you know you need a new roof soon. You know, uh, if it's a metal roof, um, is it rusted? You know, some, some of those stuff are superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the tile roof, the age is very important because some tiles are discontinued. So... That's the first question, the age of the roof. The second question would be, how many repairs have you had the last five years if you've lived here 30 years? That's going to give you a good indication of the life expectancy left on this roof. Right. So if it's been five times within the last 10 years, that's not a, a sound roof. And to top it off, Florida building, building Code states that any roof that requires you know, over 25% of the work to be done, it requires a replacement. So now they bumped it up for newer roofs, 50%. Right. But there's still a certain amount that once it goes past that certain amount, just redo the whole thing. Yeah, redo it. It's not sound. It's not sound. Juan, this has been extremely powerful from a roofing standpoint. Um, What do you enjoy? How do you cut loose? How do you, you know, how do you enjoy Southwest Florida? Um, Walking parks. That's one of the things that I like to do. Yeah. Favorite park. What is it? Favorite park is Lakes Park in Fort Myers. Okay. Um, Yeah, you can get your 10K easily there. Yeah. You know, and so many lakes, little bridges. You can rent a bike. That's awesome. Um, You know, I've walked a lot of parks here in Naples. Um, Veterans, and Lee has one I usually walk. That usually helps me. Uh, It's like my, I would say, meditation. You know, I'm walking, I'm thinking. Yeah. I try to live a healthy lifestyle. It's awesome. Hit the gym. I love reading books and YouTubing. Mm -hmm. Zero TV for me. Um, Just self-development. I'm big on that because whatever I am able to do for myself, I can can help other people. I can help my business. I can help a customer, you know, because I'm taking good care of myself. It all starts within. It, It is all from within, yeah. 
Absolutely. Love it. Juan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we're out of time here, but uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, man. It was great. Uh, I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. So as always, RP Experience, extremely thrilled to have you here. We are here at VentureX in the podcast studio. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and stay tuned for the next episode. See you guys.